Hello. Welcome to Public Affairs on WRBH. I'm Lynn Koppel, and today we're joined by Mary Simon, who is involved with a very interesting dog rescue, and we've been talking about it. Mm -hmm. Mary, tell us what you do, what the name of your dog rescue is, and how long you've been doing it. Okay. Um, I am the founder of Lovers Not Biters Dog Rescue um, in New Orleans. We basically have been a rescue for about a little over two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I We rescue dogs um, mainly off the euthanasia lists in shelters across Louisiana. Goodness, all the way across Louisiana? How do you, you get calls <laughs> from people and saying, hello, we have these dogs and... Um, yes, I get calls, I get Facebook messages, emails, mm. I get contacted constantly about dogs in need because there's just so many dogs that are in danger um, of being euthanized at the shelters. And these are dogs that have already been picked up off the street or perhaps dropped off by owners or by neighbors who mm-hmm. were, saw an abandoned dog. They're abandoned dogs for the most part, aren't they? Um, there's actually a mix. There's a mm-hmm. lot of dogs, sadly, that are... Um, dumped at the shelters by their owners. They decide that, you know, my landlord won't let me have this dog anymore or their situation changed, they're having a baby, so they feel like they can't keep the dog or they're moving or they, you know, their situations also which they can't help, which sometimes they're sick or they have financial issues Mm -hmm. um, which prevent them from keeping the dog. So it's actually a mix of dogs, um, owner surrenders is Mm -hmm. what they call them, um, as well as dogs that are picked up as strays because there is a huge stray problem across Louisiana. Well, you know, and it is kind of sad. I, I imagine particularly at this time of the year, I hope this doesn't happen, but people would always tell me that sometimes students <laughs> would leave college and leave their dog behind. And, you know, so they were all, there used to be a problem in the university districts mm-hmm. where you'd have, strength, you know, dogs that used yeah. to live with, on somebody's front porch were mm-hmm. now living on the front porch, but uh, the owner was ready to get rid of them. Do you all find that much, that at certain times of the year the the numbers go up? Um, Yes, particularly in the spring, but that's often because um, a lot of dogs are in heat then. So there's mating going on, and so the dogs that are on the streets that are not fixed Mm -hmm. um, are having puppies. So there's lots of puppies and lots of strays. So, yeah, so it's a... Now, how do we... How do you... What do you see as happening? In other words, would you, I guess you urge everyone to get their dog spayed or neutered. And if they are going to adopt or foster, I love the name, the work, the thing fostering, (laughs) that you would get them. Do do most of your dogs get either spayed or neutered? Oh, yes. All of our dogs are spayed and neutered prior to being adopted out. Mm -hmm. So some shelters that we pull from, they actually will spay and neuter them them before they come to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Some shelters do not have a vet on site, so they're not able to. So we take them into a foster home while we get them an appointment at the vet um, to get their shots, Mm -hmm. to get spayed and neutered once they're vetted then they're available for adoption. So we will not adopt a dog out until they are fixed because, I mean, one of our primary purposes is, is to prevent the dogs, the you know, the number of homeless dogs that are out there and dogs just breeding and having more when there's already an issue of how many dogs, you know, are out there. That well, and how many dogs are out there and un, uh, unwanted or unsupervised? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds silly to say that, but... Uh, that no one really cares about having a dog, having puppies under the house yeah. and uh, and dying. I mean, really, it's a pretty horrible life. I imagine if you're, uh, you know, nobody wants you, just I like know. almost like children. I mean, just, <laughs> and uh, so it is pretty sad. 
how did you get into this? Have you always been interested in animals? Did you want to be a vet? Um, not really. I wasn't, you know, I'm not really into the whole vet thing just because I didn't Mm -hmm. want to do all the shots and the surgeries. Uh But, um, I always loved animals. I grew up with a, um, dog and Mm -hmm. a cat growing up. And, um, as soon as I was in college, I had adopted my first dog. So, um, oh, you weren't I was one of those students always... who went off and no, left the dog. No, 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 no. Okay. no. <laughs> um, so I've always had dogs and even cats in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the whole rescue part of things didn't come in play until I moved down here to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, about three years ago is when I moved down here and I saw the issue of oh, the yeah. overpopulation, and I couldn't believe that that many dogs were being euthanized. And, and dogs that are perfectly adoptable. Um, so it was really concerning to me. And I felt like I needed to do something about mm-hmm. it. Um, so when I did, when I got involved in that, I started first just like networking dogs, trying to like, oh, this dog's going to be euthanized. Let's, you know, post him, see if yeah. anybody's interested in him. So I, I was doing that part and I realized like I felt like I needed to do more. Make it a little um, bit more organized. Yeah. And, uh, maybe involved are other people involved i mean it's not you yourself no there's a huge network of rescuers across the nation even Mm -hmm. um so you know it really takes everybody to 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 really make it happen um but i guess the biggest thing was with the um wanting to do more and just you know i felt like that I was able to do more too. I mean, sometimes people don't mm-hmm. have the ability to take a dog in their home or sure. don't have the funds to donate. And um, I just knew that I could, you know, maybe start doing something else. And that's when I saw a dog that was posted that needed to um, find a place where it was going to be euthanized the next day. Hmm. And I felt very attached to this dog for some reason, sure. just through a picture. Um, and I felt like I needed to do something. And it kept, the whole night, it kept haunting me. Like, <laughs> I need to do something. Like, the dog, you know. And that's when I decided I was just going to do it. I was going to take in this dog oh, okay. and take care of the dog and help find it a home. Okay. You know, um, we talked about this a little bit. But but talk about it a little bit more. We were talking about the fact that people often breed dogs without any thought about what am I going to do with these puppies if I can't sell them mm. or give them away. In other words, what, I, you know, I think a lot of times people get very sentimentalized about their mm-hmm. animals, was very sentimental about their yes. animals, where they say, oh, it'd be so sweet if she had puppies. Mm-hmm. Oh, and puppies are so cute. Then you realize you have eight puppies for yes. crying out loud. You know, <laughs> yeah, you've got a herd of puppies. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? And, you know, keeping animals is, is expensive, and, and particularly multiple animals, mm-hmm. because you do have to, feed them and you do have to take them to the vet and give them medicine and all kinds of things don't you and so what do you say to people who say oh wouldn't it be nice i don't want to spay or neuter my dog because i think puppies are cute oh puppies are very cute the problem is there's there's a lot involved with taking care of puppies um there's already so many puppies out there so easily if they wanted to get a puppy they could go down to their local (laughs) shelter or their rescue and find sure any puppy that they would like um the problem with breeding you know you're bringing more dogs Mm -hmm. into you know a picture where there already is an overpopulation um the other thing is there's a lot involved in vetting a a young puppy they need three rounds of shots oh yeah Um, they need to be dewormed they need to be fixed 
Sometimes they're sick. You know, you have dogs sure. that are sick. They get dehydrated. They could get parvo. There's a number of things. If the dog gets parvo or something like that, it could be thousands of dollars yeah. just for that one puppy. So, I mean, people don't take that into consideration when, you know, they're thinking mm-hmm. about breeding their dog or having cute little puppies. Well, well, that's it. And I think sometimes those are the dogs that you find wandering the streets. And mm-hmm. Somebody just said, well, I... I went to the vet and they told me it was going to, for the heartworm mm-hmm. treatment, it was going to yep. be a thousand dollars. I don't have a thousand dollars. And the dogs don't have insurance. Although I know yeah. they do sell dogs. They do, insurance. Have, they do have insurance. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, not a lot of yeah. people necessarily get that. So then, yeah, they're stuck with either a large bill and the people that, you know, can't afford it or just don't want yeah. to, you know, do that or get the vetting done. They do. They dump them at the shelter. They dump them on the street. Um, and then, it's up to, you know, the shelter or the rescuers to then step in and take care of this dog. Tell me how this works. Let's go through it. Uh, you got a phone call from, say, the shelter in Jefferson Parish. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that what happened? Closely. We work okay. very closely well, with just, the Jefferson just the thing. Parish. What, how, would, how would you find out about a dog, and then what would you do? Um, typically, we find out about a lot of the dogs really on Facebook. Social networking has really opened up the whole world of rescue Um, So they can post on their page all the dogs that are in danger because they're, you know, if they're low on space, then they can um, basically post those dogs. And then we know every every rescuer can log in and see which dogs are available and need um, need rescue. So then we kind of work together like, you know, who can take this dog, who can, you know, and we if I have a space or a foster that's open. I will look at finding a dog that would be a good match to go into that foster home. So if you were looking, if, say, a person mm-hmm. were thinking, well, maybe I'd like to have a dog. Maybe I'll foster. It might be a good idea to foster a dog mm-hmm. before you went all the way and adopted, you know, went to the shelter and Definitely. committed to mm-hmm. the dog. Maybe it would be a good idea to foster, wouldn't it? I mean, where you could say, well, gosh, I really don't have the time to walk a dog. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it would teach you stuff about dogs like, this dog is very lively and more lively than I am. And, you know, I kind of feel sorry sometimes. Um, I, I had large dogs when mm-hmm. I was younger, and but I had a lot of kids. And, the you know, I had big yards and the kids and the dogs would run around and that was mm-hmm. fun. But I realized now I couldn't have a great big 60-pound animal mm-hmm. and walk two or three. Well, I mean, I used to walk two times a day. You know, that's... You really have to get home, particularly it's if a you're lot. a working person. Mm-hmm. You have to think, well, what if I can't get home at 5 o'clock? Mm-hmm. What does uh, Brownie do or Buster, <laughs> whoever he is, sitting out in the yard? You know, that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And is that the kind of thing that fostering would kind of teach people? Or oh, definitely. do you teach them first? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think fostering is great in a number of ways. Not only are they, you know, saving a life, but they are learning a lot about dogs. So if someone didn't have a dog in their own or they had a dog growing up but they really haven't mm-hmm. had a dog as an adult sure um it's a great opportunity for them to really get the experience of you know what it means you know creating routines what it involves but without the expense because we pay for oh, that's what the vetting. okay that's actually we what that question was the, leading to pro- pay for all the supplies Good. we provided the food so fosters are welcome to if they want to go get toys for them sure. or whatnot they can that's all tax deductible too if they do that, but we provide them with everything that they yeah. need. How are you all funded, if you don't mind me asking? Um, we're really just um, personal donations. Um, so we don't have any backers right now or any particular source of funding. 
We do some like crowdfunding online when we have a specific dog with uh-huh. needs, like the current one. Um, she's blind, oh, so dear. she needs her eyes removed. Ooh. Um, yeah. So that could be pretty expensive. She's mm-hmm. got a specialist and go through the surgery. So once we get an idea of how much it's going to cost, we could post, you know, this is how much the surgery is going to cost and then start soliciting some donations toward that. And people often are, you know, willing to step up and help even, you know, $20 sure. if the number of people are doing it. You know, it really does help us out. Well, how would people get in touch with you? If, if, do you mind giving, uh, not your phone <laughs> number, but what, you know, some way people could get a, mm-hmm. a Facebook, a uh, email, yeah. whatever. Could you give that to us? And we'll sure. do it again at the end of the show. Sure. So if there's someone, you know, if you go on Facebook, might be fun to follow <laughs> the group on Facebook and see what they've got. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, we always post our dogs and, and what we're doing and who sure. we just rescued and stuff. Yeah. So you can stay up to date with what we're doing. Um, so right on Facebook, it's just Lovers Not Biters Dog Rescue. You could search for that and you will find us. We also have a website, which is www.lovers.com loversnotbiters.org mm-hmm. and we also have an email too and that's how we get a lot of okay. contact through and that's just info info at loversnotbiters.org and lovers not biters is all run together yes it's all yeah. run together okay well we'll do that at the just remind me if, if i don't if we forget <laughs> and start talking more but that's that's just so you know if somebody's interested and mm-hmm. thinks they might would like to give a few dollars. Even oh, if they yeah. can't foster a dog, mm-hmm. they might like to send you $20 to help with whatever you're doing. Oh, yes. I mean, Anything helps. <laughs> and, well, that is, you know, that makes it a lot more uh, acceptable if you just say, well, I can foster the dog. Mm-hmm. I have a realistic view of what it takes to own a dog. Exactly. But I don't have to, I'm not undertaking a huge cost mm-hmm. and a huge commitment. Well, commitment you are, but yes. cost perhaps not. Yeah. Now, Lovers, not biters. Um, <laughs> all dogs really are biters, aren't they? <laughs> but uh, and and frankly, when you when someone first suggested that I call you and see if you want to come on the show, they said she does a pit bull rescue. Now, would you describe yourself as a pit bull rescue? No, not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily. We really because we have all breeds. We have Catahoulas. You know, I have a mm-hmm. Cocker Spaniel right now in rescue. Um, so we don't particularly say that we are pit bull only rescue, mm-hmm. um, but we do specialize in pit bulls and larger breed dogs because those are actually the dogs that end up most often on the euthanasia list. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of our mission is to really save the dogs that are most in danger of losing their lives. Well, you know, I suppose with all the bad press that pit bulls have gotten over the past, I don't know, couple of months, it seems like mm-hmm. to me that they would be people would be a little you know, leery of mm-hmm. adopting them. And this might be a good way when you take a pit bull or you start, do you have anything to say about their their personalities or their dispositions mm-hmm. and try to match them as, with an appropriate foster family? Oh, yes. I mean, with any dog that we take in, um, we base their personality and their needs um, with, you know, what we're looking for in a foster. So, you know, if we have... We have a lot of uh, pit bulls that are actually really great with children, mm-hmm. um, and they're in foster homes with young kids, you know, get adopted out to homes with mm-hmm. um, young kids. And we also have ones that are actually really good with cats, too. <laughs> so they have ones that are, I have pictures of them, um, some of our foster dogs cuddled up with their little cat friend. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really 
a particular dog. It's not necessarily a breed. I know we try to let, you know, you often hear, oh, the pit bull this or that. Yeah. But I mean, just like, you know, Labradors are actually, you know, yes, have some concerns too. So yeah. it's not really specifically a breed thing. Every dog really has its own unique personality. Um, and finding the best match for that dog so that they could be in the best situation is really, you know, kind of our purpose. Yeah, we had talked about the fact that with small children, you probably shouldn't allow any dog, even, a, you know, even puppies, um, because puppies nip. And there's mm-hmm. and usually a puppy nip doesn't hurt. But on the other hand, it can scare a child, mm-hmm. particularly a very small child. Yeah. A lot of times small kids don't have boundaries and will... Mm-hmm. You know, stick yeah. a dog, their finger in a dog's eye or, <laughs> or go over to the feeding bowl and put their hand in yes. in there, something like that. And you'll have a an incident and it's maybe not the dog's, well, it's a dog's fault, but it's not anything that's not, it's just what yeah. a dog would do. It should have been preventable, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just with anything I always say with small children, Dogs should just be supervised with, you know, it doesn't matter the breed or whatnot. Even if it's a dog you've had in your house for years, it's always important to be. You never know what could happen. You know, a a child has food and they could try to get the food out of the child's hand and end up hurting the child, knock the child over. And children sometimes are not that gentle with dogs, like pulling its ears and, you know. The tail. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or kicking. I've seen um, a child, like. You know, kicking a dog and the dog's kind of cowering in the corner. And I'm just oh, like, you know, and that could easily have been a different dog that wouldn't have reacted by cowering. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it just could lead to, you know, an unsafe situation. So yeah. it's always just important to always think about safety. Well, and also safety in the house as well. In other words, don't allow the dog to, you know, go out if it's not a dog that does well <laughs> yes. in the yard or around other dogs mm-hmm. or something like that. You don't want him wandering the street. No. Would you say dogs should always be on a leash? I, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, that's the law. All dogs yes. should be on a leash when out in public mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons. And it's not just for, you know, people and the public safety. It's also for the dog safety. It's really easy for a dog to get startled by a mm-hmm. truck or a noise. And it's happened where or there's a, maybe a gunshot in the neighborhood. Good grief. And, yeah. um, a, a dog could get startled and, and take off and, you know, get lost. Oh, and yeah. So for a number of reasons, it's always best to keep dogs on leash for the well, safety of Well, or the all. dog could see something across the street that was mm-hmm. just absolutely irresistible and go flying <laughs> exactly. out in the middle or of traffic. Or and chase the cat. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and that that's dog nature. Exactly. And you, you can't do it, so it's safer for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me what the little thing, when you see dogs coming that look like they have a muzzle, just have a... a piece of tape or something around there but oh, it's not really a muzzle what is that the mean? tape not well, tape a, a, a cord mean, a cord like oh, yeah. oh okay well they actually have and i think what you're talking about is they actually have a lead which yes. um it's, that's it yes which actually is really great with a lot of dogs because it helps them some dogs obviously get distracted or may walk too quickly <laughs> and not be walking by your side okay so it's um it's a gentle leader so it actually Oh, okay. Does it just pulls their heads to the side, ah, so okay. it deters them from you like know on a horse. Yeah, running ahead horse, or yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it okay. does it in a gentle That's way good. rather than like choke collars and things like that. Are you uh, excited about all the different dog parks that are opening up all over the city? Is that a fun thing to take your dog to? And are there any warnings you have for <laughs> dogs going to dog parks? 
Um, you know, dog parks are great um, mm-hmm. in a number of ways, um, especially the ones that are regulated. I think that's the most like important thing. Like what in thing. City Park? City Park, to... yeah. City Park. Yeah. It's run yeah. by Marianne Cardinelli. She's okay. the one that actually started. I know her very well. She's oh, amazing. Good. She's amazing. Um, so um, it's a great park because it is well-regulated. The mm-hmm. people that bring their dogs there, you know, are good owners. You know, if there's a situation, you know, they pull, you know, and the dog yeah, is automatically sure. taken out. Um so it, that those type of parks are great. Um, some parks, you know, you're, it depends on who's there. Some owners do not pay attention to the dog and just let yeah. them run off. And I've had situations where dogs, you know, are like kind of hounding my dog and my dog's being upset. And I'm yeah. trying to separate the dogs. But, sure. you know, the other owner is not stepping in to help, you know. So it's you always just have to be cautious. And if you're ever, I just say, don't put your dog in a situation where they would feel uncomfortable. So if I'm taking my dog to the dog park and they're seeming skittish or nervous and they're uncomfortable, I just won't take them because that's, I wouldn't want to put them in a situation where they were uncomfortable. Uh, you know, back to the thing when we, t- we were talking about how does this work? Mm-hmm. So you get a call or a Facebook message, message or, or whatever email, yeah. from someone at, at a shelter. And mm-hmm. that's mostly what you do. You don't get, you don't get very many referrals like there's a dog sitting on my front porch. Could you come over and... Oh, we get all oh, of it. Oh, you do? We do get all okay. of it. We get calls about a dog, you know, that they saw running down the street or a mm. dog that's in an abandoned house um, oh, yeah. or, you know, dogs at the shelters. We have a lot of volunteers that actually step up. Oh, really? So okay. they will be volunteering at a shelter and they'll kind of fall in love with this one dog <laughs> and, like, realize that the dog's life is in danger and they'll go they'll advocate for the dog, which is really great because... You know, not a lot of dogs in the shelters don't have voices um, and they don't have people necessarily advocating for them. And there are so many that, you know, some are posted, but not all of them. Mm. So unless you actually go in and see them, it's hard to know which dogs are there and which dogs really need the help. But in other words, you would have someone, let's say if someone saw a dog living in a house that was, you know, was abandoned Mm -hmm. underneath the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, if they called, I'm, I'm not, I, I, no, don't call her, but call the, call the SPCA. But in other words, if you were to get word of that mm-hmm. and you would, you could send out someone who would at least, what would they do? I mean, how do you get a dog uh, to come with you? Um, it's really difficult. It depends on the situation. I've done a number of rescues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to all the time in the New Orleans East because they get dumped on the side oh, of the road. No. So I went out there driving around looking for dogs and yeah. <laughs> all hours. Um, not the safest thing necessarily, but no, you know when not, you get a call and, and you know that there's a dog in danger, yeah. you know you you know don't necessarily think about the dangers oh, involved, and you think about you know making sure that the dog is safe. Sure. Um, so not in all. It really depends on the situation. Um, if I hear of an urgent call of a dog being abandoned, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm available, I can go check it out. Sure. If I'm not available, um, I'll usually post for help right on yeah. Facebook. And then someone can, you know, then go help the dog. Because there's a number of rescues in the area that hopefully someone can send out a volunteer. Sure. Um, you know, in my area, we're in the Lower Ninth Ward. So Villa Lobos mm. is not far from where we are. So there are rescues, you okay. know, in the area, yeah. too, that really help and go out um, to help dogs in need. And so where are the dogs kept if they're not taken to something. Villa Lobos, you mentioned that. Tell us what that is. I think I know what it is, uh, but explain it <laughs> Villa to Lobos us. Rescue Center. Um, they're basically, they're a pit bull rescue. They also have other yeah. breeds besides pit bulls, um, but they came from California and they're here. They actually, they have a huge facility. So the difference, obviously, in a number of ways, but one of the big differences is that they have um, facility space. So they have, they're able to save um, a lot of dogs and yeah. have a really big yeah. impact in, you know, the local community. 
Okay, you know, they're not the ones that are on television. They right? are. Oh, they are the ones. Yeah. You can yeah. watch them on yes. reality <laughs> on the TV. I didn't, I didn't know about that yes, until a few days yes. ago. But mm-hmm. anyway, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So you have some, at least there's publicity, and people know if they want to get involved in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about pit bulls? Just give us your honest opinion. I mean, you you have pit bulls or not? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a house full of them. Okay. Um, they're honestly my favorite breed of dog, are they hands really? down. Oh, totally. Um I didn't necessarily go in like with like a love for pit bulls. Um, I started out. Uh, I loved boxers, and yeah, I had I like a lab growing too. up, and yeah. a husky, and I really like all dogs. But yeah. um, when I saw the need for you know help with pit bulls, I actually rescued my first one, Chops. And really, after having him, is really what you know grew like my appreciation sure. and my love for that breed because they're just so unique, and they are the most lovable dogs and really the most loyal like they will do anything for you and they're just they they're just the awesomest dogs they're like little clown dogs they're really funny and they're sweet. well kind of funny but people do breed them don't they to fight i mean that's so terrible that is, is terrible. Bull, did they ever decide that dog fighting was illegal in new orleans and the united in louisiana yeah, dog fighting is illegal okay. um the problem is um, actually catching it and enforcing that well, law. Yes, so yes. there's a lot of it going on still, obviously, behind the scenes. Um, so that's definitely something that's a huge issue. But, you know, people that don't understand dogs or don't know, and breeding dogs that there already is an overpopulation. Um, yeah. And they're breeding dogs to fight. So they're breeding in those traits that are yeah. not, tip, you know, typical of um physical traits but also i guess mental traits Mm -hmm. or genetic dogs that are more dominant dogs that are yes well you know that's uh, to me it's just so hideous i uh i even hate cockfighting with the oh yeah silly and i don't like chickens at all (laughs) yeah i just don't like fighting of any animals well and it's you know it's really a a a cruel thing it is cruel and i hate to see people doing it even though yeah and enjoying it yeah but uh so how how do you think the population is going? Is it going down in New Orleans of abandoned or mistreated? An- I hate to think about mistreated animals. <laughs> oh, but. yes. There's all of it. Um, I, I really don't necessarily. It's hard to see that um, because there are just still so many. Mm, it's hard to yeah. see that we're making a difference, although I know we are. And especially, you know, in every dog that I save, I know that I made a difference in that sure. dog's life. But the, the larger picture, it seems it's very daunting at times. You know, I see the numbers and I keep trying and I'm like, you know, what is going on? Like, you know, what yeah. am I going to do? There's still so much to be done. And, you know, I can only do what I can do, though. Well, sure. So. I mean, you're, you're just one group. It's not <laughs> exactly. like, you know, but I'm together, running something. But together with all the different rescues and, you know, people who are involved, volunteers, donors, you know, you can't be in a rescue or a volunteer. You can donate, you know, you yeah. can even donate supplies. You could donate money. You could help out in some way. So, you know, it really mm-hmm. takes a whole team. And if you're interested in fostering, you I would say get in touch because it, you would oh, turn definitely. people off if you thought, well, you know, you're not really, well, I mean, you just you wouldn't tell them anything, but you just wouldn't maybe give them a dog unless you felt like, yeah, this person is serious uh, yes. and is going to be a good, a good home for this animal, yes. not uh, just a place to put them. Oh, we well, screen all. We screen all fosters uh-huh. and adopters. There's a thorough process to become well, a foster. Good. Well, good for you. I, you know, I'm really impressed by this. I'm glad that you, you know, you're interested enough to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you ought to give us all of that information you gave before. <laughs> no, because there are a lot of people who 
maybe wouldn't be up for fostering or adopting a mm-hmm. dog, but wouldn't mind sending ten or fifteen dollars, which you mm-hmm. wouldn't turn oh, down. Oh, no. Anything, honestly, anything yeah. helps. People, people donate dog food, and yes. and that helps. We have so many dogs to feed, so like really anything helps. So that's true. And if you had a dog and you lost the dog mm-hmm. and you have dog food. They yeah, can do it. Dog food. Give us all the information really quick. Okay, so we're on Facebook at Lovers Not Biters Dog mm-hmm. Rescue. Um, you could find us on the web on our website at www.loversnotbiters.org. And we also have an email address where you can contact us, which is info at loversnotbiters.org. Well, thank you so much. This has been Mary Simon with <laughs> Lovers Not Biters. Um and thank you for coming on, and thank you for doing this, the good work and mm. helping out with... Well, we were disappointed that she didn't bring us some puppies to help <laughs> us with, but thank goodness you didn't. <laughs> thank you for listening. This has been Public Affairs on WRBH. <laughs>